Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well, and welcome back to another episode. As we're at the midweek point, not just of the season, let's be honest, we're over the halfway point of that. We're also at a really fascinating week of the multi-buy rounds. There is one week to go. That means three trades a week available to you across the formats. Use them or lose them in AFL Fantasy while Dream Team and Super Coaches. You can get up to 14 trades if you still have any of those very rarefied trade boosts available because it is a multi-buy round. You have got six teams off the bye. You've got Brisbane, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Melbourne, Frio, North Melbourne. Only 18 of your players on field will count. Those teams missing are blue dots. You can hold them for the week. You can go and, if you wish, you can go and put your captaincy on them if you ever have a great vice captaincy score. Or you can trade them as the week goes on. But that's how the buy rounds work. Before we get any further into this episode, got to welcome my guest on board this week. i got Kane back. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. Yeah, we've, we're through. We're nearly through. Last buy around, usually the easiest, I would say, with the options that, yeah. that people have got. But I think the unknown as we record now, MJ, is always what a team's going to bring. Because we know in in the buy rounds, it's not so much the guys that you knew had the buy that get you into trouble. Yeah, It's how many of those guys were you banking on that don't get up. And, and not so much even the chaos. It's Darcy Parrish confirmed today that he's going to miss. Those are the ones that really, really sting. Because mm. not only were you banking on a score, you were banking on a ton. Yeah. Or even in a Parrish's case, you know, he's a guy that you would potentially look at throwing a VC on a lot Given of the, the time. Matchup, so, yeah, too. so that's what really hurts. We've got a little bit of team news, which is great mm. as we record now, you know, just hours before teams. the bulk of teams come out. And it probably is nice in a way when we come off that round 13 it's always an elongated round isn't it mj mm. which is really tricky you know when the footy starts on a thursday and finishes on a monday you're always a little bit scared of what's to come so it'd be nice tonight you know one game tonight get the bulk of the teams we'll wait for the sunday squads to be finalized tomorrow but we should have by tonight all the information we need i agree and yeah it's been a big week of news it felt like last week was a bit of a carnage round mm-hmm. And some of that carnage has spilled over, unfortunately, into our trade plans this week. Probably the biggest bit of carnage that might not have an immediate impact to your scoring this week, but may impact the trade plans you choose to make, is that Max Gorn, who's been far supreme, the best Ruckman so far this year, he's had patchy moments, to say the least, this year with some good scores and some great scores and some okay scores. But now it's confirmed, not only will he miss at least two games the club are very clear that he'll miss a minimum of three games it's also been speculated by the club as many as five while some media reporters have come out and said look normally this kind of injury is a six to eight week injury so it's it's a really interesting one Kane isn't it because teams were probably planning to not have him this week anyway with him and the demons on the bye but it does get tricky of the amount of trades you've got left in the limited trades. Can you afford to trade him and hold him? What's your depth and your bench cover like? I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about some relieving news that's also popped today that might aid in that. But then also to that, how many 
How much has your side improved from a fortnight ago from when you started through the multi-buy rounds? A combination of all these elements do become the pressure cooker for what coaches do or don't do with Gorn this week. Yeah, that's what's really challenging. And this is one of those ones where it really does depend on your team makeup as to what you can do. So I guess if we start with that, MJ, you know, you've got obviously Gorn mm. in your ruck line. Yep. What does the rest of your ruck line look like? You know, is it a Sean Darcy? Is it a Wits? Bruce. Is it a Proof yeah. Pace? Yeah. You know, is it an English? Dixon. Uh, yeah. I think that's what gets really challenging is if you've got a ruck line that already had, you know, Gorn and English and wits, and that was sort of something you were thinking you were going to, you know, swing English forward and have that sort of setup. It gets tricky this week because you don't want to trade into Darcy on his buy. Nope. And again, if you're really just trying to fix a hole, going to Tickle as nice as that is, mm. while it gives you some flexibility, it does require a restructure, doesn't it? Yeah. Tickle's not a like-like no. with Gorn. That's what's going to be the challenge with teams is, I think a lot of people thought, and this is probably where it is really format dependent. Mm. If we start with Supercoach, that's where the rucks really come into their own, isn't it? Yeah. That was probably a format where you'd say, if we're going, who's the best scorer? Wits? Yep. Gorn? Mm -hmm. That was sort of your one-two rucks mm -hmm. with Darcy and Proust bringing up the rear. Yep. And you had the luxury of playing English in the forward line. Now, where I think that flips is in DT and AF. With no Gorn now, I think you're better off having English in the ruck line mm. and bring in your Bontempelli's, your Parkers, your Cornelio's. You're saying the F6 is a stronger option than yeah, the R2. I, yeah. I think so, MJ, because when I look at the rucks in that format of AF, they're not very appealing, are they, outside of English? It's who I think yuck. most people had in their plans or in their sides anyway. You start looking at... Okay, well, Darcy Cameron's not an option. He's on his bye this week. Yep. Now, if you've got him, that's a great luxury that you can swing him into that ruck line and open up, you know, almost any other position Correct. in your team to trade in. That's that's a great spot to be in. He's been a pick that just keeps paying it's off, almost, doesn't he, MJ? That's just, the dream, isn't it? I know a lot of people, <laughs> you know, myself inclusive across, across a few formats, it was, all right, Cameron, you're out. You, you've done your job. I'm jumping off a week or two before Grundy gets back. Well, now you're in the position. You've got the link available. Gorn now can become any premium probably across the line that you're desperately chasing. And you can now wait a couple of weeks for Cameron. And if Grundy comes back, cool. Reevaluate where Gorn may or may not be at that point. So you're right. Cameron owners, let alone people that may have or may be trading into Tickle or have English, they do feel like they're the ones that are in a slight advantaged position right now in contrast to the yeah. field. Absolutely, MJ. That's that's one hundred percent right. If you're already an English owner, you know that's that's great. You know, you've got someone that you can swing in to cover Gorn. Mm. But I think the way people were set up with their buy rounds is that a lot of people had two two premium rucks. Just say it's a Gorn and a Darcy, yep. and they already had English in that ruck line just to take advantage of having extra scorers mm. and using cash cows in different lines. Now, where Tickle really comes into his own is if you are looking for a downgrade. Because the beautiful thing about the downgrade with Tickle is he's basement priced, yep. he's ruck for DPP, and then it allows you to go a cow in another line to Tickle and Gorn can go to someone else. You know what I mean? You can go to anywhere in the side. But I think 
you've almost got to start with what is the ruck combos you want. Mm. As I said, in Supercoach, it feels like if you're going top, top, you want English and you want wits. Yep. In DT, I, I don't feel English. confident. I don't like. Yeah. If I was English is clear. Yeah. But in both. In in both. But for me in AF and DT, I go, if you were looking at upgrading to a completed set and forget rucks by this point, I'm confident in none, which is why I think that point you made before, which is I would rather now at this point in time move English as my planned R2 for the season. Tickle, who we've already alluded to, has been confirmed to name by Port Adelaide. He's your easy move, whether it be Dixon at R3, whether it be um, uh, who else? Uh, it could be um, Hayes is still available, let alone a dead or near dead cow that I never would probably normally trade into in your forward line. But if it's going to open up the movement, do it. Because to that point, your F6, your worst forward in DT and AF is at least comparable, if not weakly better. We've seen the variants of Darcy. We've seen the variants of O'Brien. We've seen a, a relatively slow two or three weeks from Wits. So I, I'm 100% with you. I think English at two for me in those formats. And if and when you get an opportunity with a Grundy back, with a Gorn back, trading back, fine. But for me, that's I think that's the play. Yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, MJ. If we, if we say in Supercoach we're comfortable with a combination of English, Wits, and Darcy, mm-hmm. I would say that three that you're comfortable with your premium. Yep. Now, obviously, as we mentioned, Tickle can be that great R3. He gives you some cover this week. If you're a Darcy owner, great. He comes on for you this week, gives you an extra few points. But AF and DT is where it gets really fascinating for mine. If yeah. we lock away one of the ruck positions as English, yep. that's great. If you don't have English and you've got Gorn, I think that's where you're going. Yes. Now, after that, again... Your first point of call, because let's let's just factor in MJ that you've got English at one, you've probably got Tico at three. That's yes. probably your plan. Yes. That's probably where you're working towards. Now that middle, that second slot in AF is where it gets really interesting for mine. Mm. Because unless you have Darcy Cameron mm. in your forward line and you can swing him in, yep. if you don't have Darcy Cameron, it gets really, really challenging. Yeah, I agree. Because Cameron's on a buy. Yep. And as you mentioned, we every week that goes by is a week closer to Grundy coming back in. Sean Darcy is on a bye mm-hmm. this week. And now we start getting into, do we go back to Proust? Do we go Nane Curvis? Yep. Do we go O'Brien. Jared Witts? Yeah. Do we go O'Brien? And that's a really tricky spot because... We have to have three rucks. That's the issue, I think, MJ, that people are running into yeah. this week. If they already had a setup of Gorn, English, and Tickle, what do you do? And that's not an uncommon... No, it's a very A lot of people last week wanted to maximize their downgrade. That's why Tickle's already in a few teams already. Yeah. We knew a lot of the communities just said, oh, I want this because that's my setup. Everyone was working last week, MJ, weren't they, in Supercoach? Yep. They were going to have two of Wits, Gorn, and Darcy, Correct. Tickle at R3, English in the forward line. That was the, the setup that everyone... Yep. Yep. So Tickle's already in. And that's why I say in AF and DT, I find it really tricky. If you're an, if you've got English in one of the ruck spots, Tickle at the other, who are you getting this week to replace Gorn and fill that spot? Because that's the thing. You have to have a ruck. Unless you've got the luxury of Darcy Cameron yep. swinging in there, 
which is great. And some coaches will have that. Absolutely. And I think that's what you do. If we just, if you're a Darcy Cameron owner decision made, and you can swing him in there, now the whole field's at your disposal. You can grab a back, mid or a forward. But MJ, I think we've got to spend some time helping these coaches that are in that predicament. Are they going, are they going Mark Blitzart? Are they going O'Brien? Are they going Nankervis or Pruce if his name? Well, and I think what do you think? the dilemma. I, I wouldn't go Riley O'Brien this week, although in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, he feels like one of the best available to you, and, and it is picking from a low crop. He's coming up against Jared Witts this weekend, and while the Crows do have a dream fixture, and we'll talk about that club as we look at the six teams coming off the bye in a second, if you look at the numbers of what Rucks against Jared Witts have done, at hitouts, he monsters them. Now, where O'Brien will more than likely try to dominate is his movements around the ground. But I still have very little confidence he's the right guy. So for me, that becomes where we've talked a lot about trading Gorn. I think in AF, it's an immediate, absolutely no-brainer. He's out this week with the bye. We know he will miss at least two more. So in AF, trade. Go nuts, and we'll look at the options. There is a strategic play, though where you could look to hold for at least one more week with Gorn to open up the variables of options. And by that, I mean Darcy now becomes an option to trade into that he's not for you this week. You'd bank to not have him anyway. It all depends on what's your strategy, how risk-averse you are. Are you focused on leagues? Are you focusing on rankings? These become the elements. And so while we've talked a lot about the options to trade out Gorn, and we should talk about some more in a sec. Don't forget that you weren't going to have him anyway. Can you structurally make some aggressive moves anyway so that next week, if there's more information about where he's at, you now have more defenders, mids, forwards on the field. You've got maybe another set of team selections that you can look at. And then, as I alluded to, the fact that you now have well, how far away is Brody Grundy? Is Cameron still a viable play or not? Probably not, but is he? Is Luke Jackson the play you want to get as a ruck forward? Is it Sean Darcy? What are North Melbourne doing? Goldstein's been amazing, especially in Supercoach, since Cherry's gone down injured. He's been one of the picks of the year that's been really unheralded as a ruck forward for us as well. So there are options to look at and to discuss, but... For me, it always comes down to those plays. But if we're talking about rucks this week, the best of a bad situation if you can't get English because you've already got him. The best of a bad bunch, and I I don't like it long term, is Nank. Again, that's the unique situation, MJ, for those coaches. And, and we, we'll spell that again. If you've already got English and you've already got Teagle and Gorn was your middle ruck there, mm-hmm. what, what is your options really? As I said, it, it can't be Sean Darcy. No. It can't be Darcy Cameron. If you don't have that luxury to swing them in, that's where I think Gorn could be a genuine hold for a lot of people. Yeah. If it's not, if it's just extra cash in bank, yeah. You might be able to hold and just open up that option to Darcy. Now, the funny thing when you look at Darcy is Nank's actually outperforming him anyway. Mm-hmm. And looking at the team sheets. It's a good matchup this week. To, you're going to we're gonna have to act quickly by the time this comes out. But Soldo's out of the team. Mm-hmm. 
So you've got a solo Nake against De Conning. Tommy De Conning and Jack Sylvan. Yum. So for me, that's where I'm going if I have to. If I'm really forced into I need a ruck, as I said, if you've got Tarsi Cameron, you can swing him in and you've got the whole... If English is in your forward, you've got options to move. If you've got Teekle, you've got yeah, options If you've to already move. got a Darcy, you know, you've already got, you're already set and you can make those moves. Correct. But there's going to be some people that say, I have to get a ruck. Yes. I have to. I think Nank's the one. And I think it is Nank. What about if you've got all the options, MJ? Because that's where it does get a bit more well, fun. Well, I think that's where we might even... Let's look at some of the six teams that have come up there because if you... Gorn can now be your ticket to a premium again. It all depends on what's the team look like, what's the format you play, how many trades have you got available, what's your focus, is it league or rankings? These are the caveats of variations because if you're league focused and you're clear and supreme in your league and you look going, I don't have Gorn this week, even if I don't have him three weeks, I'll drop one or two games. It won't make no difference. Okay, well, now that trade becomes really valuable off the back of the year. But if rankings is the goal, I don't see how for the majority of teams, holding Gorn's going to help you with your ranking. I, I, I really don't. So it becomes a trade. So let's look. And it might even give you an extra number this week, MJ, because all right. coaches were banking on not having another number. So to pick up another player in the buy rounds is never a bad thing. Never a bad you know, thing. A, especially if it's going to be a premium, like that could just be another 60, 70. And if you're a short, 110 points. Well, And like you said, there's no Darcy Parish this week. People traded into him last week and are now getting... 30 points, 50 points over a fortnight and there's nothing you can do. I think if you're a parish owner, you just got to suck it up and cop it because he will be back next week, according to the club. And so it's like, well, it's just been a bad, bad luck. bit of luck. And those are the ones that kill you. Yeah. That's, that's a, that kills you. It's a 150, 200 plus point swing Yes, on another premium. Yeah. If you had gone a Cornelio, albeit in a different level in line, or a, a Kelly who was a bit more of a top price premium or anybody that had a good week last week, you're already 70 to 80 points up, let alone what comes this week. So that's what it is. Well, let's look talk about the Crows then. Let, let's kind of go through the six teams that are off the bye and help people find someone that might be a max scoring option. I, I've got kind of four names of, of Crows you could look at um, and keen to get your take. I think the most overtly obvious one is Rory Laird. He, he's just been brilliant for the better part of two seasons now in that role. Uh, this year, his lowest score of the year was in his round three game against the pair in the showdown where he went, what was I think it was like 90 in fantasy, 93 in super coach. He's on this run of nine consecutive super coach tons. He's got seven super um, AFL fantasy tons. And then he's got the dream fixture of two matches against North Melbourne. There's a matchup against West Coast to come and Hawthorne who, let's be honest, they're not going to be tagging Rory Led because he's just not a damaging um, player in terms of the way he uses the football. He's not precise and Bontempelli-esque. So I, I think for me, he's one. Jordan Dawson's been brilliant in the back line for us and has barely dropped under 90 all year across the formats. Ben Keyes is an interesting one. Um, he was ranked 13th in Dream Team and Fantasy last year, 23rd in Supercoach last year. Uh, had a bunch of 130-plus scores across the formats to start the year and has then been a bit slow. I think it's an AFL fantasy play for me. I know he's been good in Supercoach, but he's 100K cheaper than Laird and he hasn't dropped under 84. And, and so for me, if you're kind of trying to squeeze a bit of money, I don't mind him there. And then maybe a bit of a a left field one for Supercoach is Tex Walker. It's coming off a 150 against the Eagles. 
We saw what he did early last year, and then it's coming back to that fixture, two North Melbourne games, one West Coast game, Hawthorne game in there. Not They're not easy wins, Hawthorne, from that perspective, but to certain key positions across the field, they have been bleeding points. So the Crows have done most of their top eight teams at the front end of the year. The fixture does open up for them. So is there any of those Crows or any others that for you you really think is something to look at? Oh, Laird, MJ, if you've got the cash, he's just rock solid. Yeah. Isn't he? Ever since he's moved into the midfield in 2020, he's pretty much been 110 to 113 in DT. He's even had stretches that even exceed up to near the 120 mark for six, seven, eight weeks. And, and Supercoach, he's pretty much a 120 guy. Yeah. Uh, so if, I think if you think you've got enough cash to complete your team, uh, you know, why skimp? You know, why skimp if you can go straight to Laird? You'd be a decent yeah. captaincy saviour at the end of the round yeah, too. And, and there's a reason a lot of these type of players have better back halves of the year. Yeah. The weather, a bit slippery. The game slows down a bit. He's a tackler. Yep. He ferrets the ball out. He plays in a team that he's not going to get any attention. No. I think he's a guy that there's, there's no real value on his head anymore. No. It's pretty much you get what you pay for. And maybe you could question the ceiling. You know, he's not a big 130-plus type of guy. He's very much a great captain option, isn't he, MJ, yeah. in the sense that chase chase a dangerous VC or an upside VC yep. and let Laird come in Safety and give net you, for you between 105 and a one. It's very Clayton Oliver-ish, isn't it, across the formats is very rarely will you be hurt, let alone disappointed. Yeah, you, you, you'll be hurt with maybe a 90. Yeah. You catch a 90 every now and yep. then. Um, but he's a very, very safe guy. Um, I, I do like your keys pick. I guess the, the concern with keys is those couple of those big scores were... Without crowd. And there was no lead. Yeah. 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 And then you look at, you know, that's still really solid. Like, I know... There's nothing there that makes you scream, I'm really confident of the 110 run on the way home, is it? No, but he also he has an upside. Yeah. So he's one of those guys that... I, I look at that, you know, that scoring. And, you know, you say the first six weeks... He's going at 118. Mm. The next six, he's gone at 94. There's not, there's no reason to say he's not going to do it, but you're very much chasing a bit of a point of difference there. I don't think there's as much to say, yep, this is the reason why. Yeah. You know, he did cop a couple of little knocks, sure. and I think the buy's good for him, but I think there's a few other guys we might talk about shortly that maybe present th- a little bit more. I think you're right on that. Well, let's talk about the Cats then, if there's no real other Crows to look at. I, there's probably three. You probably could have put Dangerfield in the mix, but the club have all but confirmed he's going to miss this week, I believe, just based on some of the press conference. So I think there's three. I know you're a big fan of Cam Guthrie, so I might leave him to you to kind of talk into in a sec. Mitch Duncan's the value forward to, to go and chase. He, he finally showed something in that round prior to, but... I would feel more There's confident. There's a big flag on that though, wasn't yeah. it, MJ? If you watched the game, yeah, it completely con- coincided with Stewart off. Correct. I'd much so that rather was the thing for me that I th- yeah. yeah, I think you've lucked into a score there. I agree. Like at Marvel, Tom Stewart went down. They need to play through a player. Spike. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was against the Dogs. It just it just fell perfectly for him. So uh, I have been a Duncan owner, so I've watched him really closely. Just doesn't seem to be moving with the same freedom. Big patches on the pine. Yeah, he's a block scorer, isn't where... he now, where he'll be at 40 yeah, points he... at quarter time and 45 points at half time. 
Yeah, he's like. very much comes in waves. And, and it's now the reason I understand some of the appeal is West Coast should be a game where it's it feels like a gravy game. Yeah. Because if a game gets tight, you know, for the Saints game, I recall in the fourth quarter, he barely did anything because yeah. there was no need for that. Now they love getting him the ball and he's a great user and all yeah. that stuff. But um, when you think of the old Duncan, it was actually very inside, a lot of tackles. That's right. You know, and it was a very high mark game. Yeah. And now that is happening to a degree, but when Stewart's out there, he absorbs a lot of that, and rightfully so. So I think Mitch Duncan, if he's all you can get to, great. Sure. But I wouldn't be expecting much more than a 90. Yeah, I, I think, and again, it's d- different across the formats. If it's a Cornelio versus a Duncan, who in some formats, they're, they're not too far apart. You've got to go Cornelio just based on role and what we've seen. So I agree. He's there if he's the best you can get to because you should get a week a week one reward. The only other narrative, and we will talk about Tom Stewart, is if, if you believe teams now put significant time into Tom and the Cats coaching staff and adjust to play through Mitch. I think it's a stretch of a narrative, but that's that for me is the only way. With, with Tom... He was heading into round 12 before that concussion. The most informed defender in the game was, and he was, what did he do? He went 187, 74, 113, 122, and 174 in super coach. 93, 109, 94, 169, 157. Uh, over, he, he was the most informed guy. The question with him is, how much of a flag is put on him? How much do teams have the cattle to be able to make him accountable? And then the third is, He's such a good playmaker and reads the football and the defensive half arguably better than anyone in the game right now. Would it even make a difference? Those are the things, aren't they? Yeah. I think he's a guy that a lot of people will be wrestling with. I want to do an upgrade this week. I want to complete my back line or complete my team holistically. Yeah. What's 50K? You know, if this is the guy I want, yeah. yes, I know he'll drop a bit of cash most likely in the next two weeks. But that's two weeks without having a premium. So I think when you watch the game, yes, there's a percentage of his disposals you could take off him. But a lot of it is the Cats just recycling possession. It's not really actually moving the ball into a more dangerous space. And he's just the one that's in that position. You know, he's getting 10 plus intercepts a game. So that's his own doing anyway. So for me, he's a gun. If If you need an upgrade, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think... Sometimes the challenge is with a super easy matchup, which mm. West Coast is. Yep. Um, that's going to come down to some junk time. Yep. That's going to really make the difference between, you know, does he get put on the pine for the last six minutes of the game, back. Yeah. finish on an 80, 90, 100, or is he out there at the end and could get a 130, 140? Yep. Because you just don't know sometimes with these almost too easy matchups. Yeah. Um, but I think for the run home, you like him. Yep. Geelong are right in the hunt. There's a lot of games down at GMHBA. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can really flag him too much, MJ. Maybe other than he's very expensive. If you need to save some cash and take a flyer elsewhere. Yeah, to do you go Whitfield? Do you go, you know, some of the others? Yeah, that we might you're going to have about. to make that call. Yeah, that's good. Talk to me about Cam Guthrie, though, because I alluded about him. I know you've been keeping an eye on him across the year because last year he was one of the best kind of value buys around this time of the year. What are you thinking Guthrie's going to turn for us over this final 10 weeks? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, MJ. He's, he's got the well-roundedness coming back into his game yep. a little bit, which is encouraging, which is sort of for him, it's sort of that five and five. He's getting five marks, five tackles. Plus he's 25 
possessions. He's back, yeah, yeah. He, he's back amongst it. And when you look at his season, it's a funny one because the Cats, you know, it seems like they're just starting to get going. They've had, you know, the midfield sort of moving mm. around again. They're not really the same possessive team, no. which is what saw Guthrie uh, really explode. Year, but yeah. when, you, when you think about him, he's going at 95 across the season and he hasn't really done much, has he? No. You know, he's had a little hiccup here and there, like the Hawthorne game. That was his lowest score of the season. Hmm. He could barely run after a couple of hits in that game. Yeah. Did well to even sort of just finish the game yeah, out. I agree. And then, you know, ever since then, he's going at 104. Now, that's probably what he is. So if you're getting him, you know, just under 100, is that enough? Hmm. And this is where it gets tricky. I would say in a, in a DT format, you'd want more. Yeah, I agree. Because you don't want to lock yourself into a guy that's at best probably a 105. Now, there, there could be an instant reward this weekend. There could be a 140. Um, but it does seem like a lot of that ceiling's been sucked away. Yeah, it's true. Which is, which is tough. But that's the thing with ceiling games, MJ, is often they're only once or twice a year. So if you haven't seen one yet, I get the appeal going into a West Coast game of thinking, well, if this is the ceiling game, that's mm. how you get your average up to 110 over a stretch. So I like him. I think he's at a price point, especially in AF, where people are going, if I save 100K here, if I save 100K here, and he can match a lead or match well, a Mills right. or match a Brayshaw, which he can. Yes. We can in a stretch. No question. Uh, you know, you're asking for 10 games. It's just always that worry with the Cats, isn't there, that there's a resting, there's something else that you haven't really planned for. Um, but I think you're going into it saying this week and maybe for the next five weeks, you probably only want to own him for five or so weeks. It doesn't feel like you want him in round 23 unless some variance. No, it, it, it feels like to me, MJ, you're thinking, if I can get a 125, 130 this week, yeah. which is a lot, but if I can get an instant reward yep. and then he goes 100, 100, 100, by that point, I've probably got a completed side and I'm looking at some luxury upgrades. Yeah, can I get to a Jack um, Steele who'll be back by then kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, and then maybe yeah. by then he's gone up his 30 to 50K. Yeah. I, I get the logic of it. Um, it's very much... Team dependent. You'd want, to be right. mapping out, you'd want to be mapping out this week and you'd want to be mapping out next week and making sure that 100K is going to get you from a good player to a great player. Because if it's not and you've got cash spare, it's awfully tempting just to go to lead. Yeah. Just to go to a big dog. Feel even safe, a yeah. Miller, so, um, but he's in that he's in that spot, MJ. I think in AF, if any time you're in the low eight hundreds mm. with that type of capability, you got to look at you're it. Going to attra- you're going to attract a lot of people's eyeballs. So it's really interesting one. Yeah, he definitely is. All right, you've you've already alluded to the Gold Coast Suns and, and their skipper. So let's talk about them. I kind of got three names that we might be worth looking at. One we've already talked around a lot uh, at the start, which is Jared Witts. It's the I don't think he'd be someone I'm happy to trade into in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. I, I think we've seen the best of Jared already this year. Um, we, we've had a couple of low games. He's not someone, like you said, F my F6 versus my R2. If it's wits in those two formats, I'm much more comfortable in my F6 to, to take him on. Supercoach, he's a beast in that format. He, he outside of Gorn, is the only other guy and Darcy that I'd feel comfortable with. So absolutely a play if you're needing to make that move. Um, I'm okay with that there. In AFL fantasies and dream team, Brandon Ellis could 
be a play. Uh, he's got a bit of variation in his scoring, uh, and I'll highlight his past five games. 106, 80, 54, 126, 66. Yo-yo player all depends on how much Gold Coast dominate the game. But when we talk about fixtures, and we did this with the Crows, who do they have in the final game of the year? North Melbourne. In the fourth last game of the year, who do they have? West Coast. Who do they have coming off the bye this week? Adelaide. Who do they have in a month's time? Essendon. They have four of the easiest teams to score against. All of those teams you would suspect Gold Coast would have their way on the inside of the contest and by osmosis. The outside, he could pick up some of the beneficiary of Weller going down for the rest of the year with an ACL. He's certainly probably one of four or five candidates, whether it's Bose, Buderick. Uh, Do they they bring Lemons in to play more accountable and and free Markov up? There's options, so he's a guy. But it probably is only a DT and an AF format, given he... I don't think he hurts as much in Supercoach or is penetrating. And then the last, I think we've got to talk about Tuke Miller. He's down 100K across the formats, if not more in some others. He's since round seven. This is what he's done in Supercoach. 160, 122, 130, 59, 109, 167. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, not as cheap as he once was a few weeks ago, but he's... Still pretty cheap. Uh, he in the past since round seven has gone 140, 92, 128, 82, 105, 135. He again does feel like not as much value as you might have previously got, but still a mighty fine pick. Yeah, he's a he's almost a buy of the week in super coach, isn't he, yeah. MJ? That 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 doggy score is about to roll out. Yep. It was a weird game. Yeah. He just used the ball terribly. Yep. Honestly, he just he had one of those games that you get in Supercoach sometimes where every time you make a mistake, it's at an important time. Mm. And anytime you do something well, it's not really weighted the same. It just, it just happens. Yep. It just happens. Yep. And uh, I think what he can do at the price, if you don't have him, you're grabbing him this week. Yep. Now it's tough in AF because I look at him versus a Laird. Yeah. Right. And this is where, both could be the best captaincy score of the week and yeah. they're in head-to-head games. Yeah, and also they're quite different in, in the way they score. Mm. Like Miller has the ceiling. You know, he's he's got a big ceiling. He's got 130s, 140s, yeah. Yeah, whereas, whereas Laird, you know, he, he doesn't throw out 68s, Laird. You know, he doesn't throw out... But he doesn't 80s. go over 130 either this year. Yeah, so that's why, you know, I think when people will be drawn one cheaper, you know, Miller is slightly cheaper than Laird. Yep. You know, we're only talking 50 K, yep. but it makes a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you look back at last year, and this is always going to be something that, you know, gets people excited, isn't it MJ? When you think back to last season, 126 off his buy yeah, wow. in DT, 131 in Supercoach. Wow. Um, Laird doesn't have that, that capability. He's probably, at a stretch, at a 10-week stretch, probably a 120 guy yep. in AF and maybe a 125. He's got a bit more upside in Supercoach because he's so inside and clean. Yep. But, you know, you're asking really to, for Laird to do that, for him to basically be a 120 every week and throw out a 160, yep. whereas Miller can go 140, 140. And 140. has done this so, year, let alone last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will be drawn to that 
It should be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. It feels like something's building at Gold Coast in mm-hmm. terms of a run home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'd think a buy would do him the world of good. But again, which what do you want? Do you want a bit more upside? Do you want something a bit safer? Yeah. Now, I guess the thing you'd say with Miller is there is no possibility of a role change. No. Nope. I don't expect a role change for Laird, but you never know in the final three weeks of a season. Yeah, Sean the team not going to make the eight. Get more chance. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah. Could just, it could just get thrown around a little yep. bit. That's fair. Um, but I think they're very, very close. And again, I probably would have to give the edge to Miller purely on the price difference. Yeah, I, I think that's really fair. All right, three teams left to go, and then we'll hit some of our Patreon questions. We can move pretty quickly through West Coast. But Witherden caught people's eye early in the year, but in your ideal finished side, he's not the guy you want in, especially if you're moving via Gorn or you're freeing up cash from a Will Brody, for example, or a Nick Dacos. Or if these are the guys you're moving off from into a Witherden, I want no part of it. The only eagle I even semi-like, there's maybe two, and it probably is only an AFL fantasy play, to be honest. It, it's Gaffin Kelly. And it's more just because you somehow believe that as the cavalry comes, they get back to 2019, 2020 themselves. And even then, I, I don't, I would not feel confident when you look at trying to find value across different lines and you go gaff versus say, so AFL fantasy, if we just stay in that format for a second, gaff is 671,000. Whitfield is just 70,000 more. I know I say just, but I, I have much more confidence of even having to play Whitfield in my midfield rather than a gaff. So there's well, there's Salem much. next week, MJ. And if you, if you wait one more week, you're going to get Salem to 30K cheaper than gaff with a, a defender status. In, in AF, exactly. It's so it's just... there, there's, there's things like that. I just think West Coast, you steer clear. Unless it's a cow that, that's going to get you yeah, through. If, of course. There, there's nothing there. All right, let, let's let's look at the last two teams. Sydney, Callum Mills. Mr. 110 yeah. across the formats. Probably one of the safest VCCs every single week across the formats. Expensive. Yeah. But, but, but probably with one exception in the past two months, has not let you down. The other three... Parker in the forward line. I, I don't see a world where unless we get something big in the round 18 DPPs or an injury hitting that he's not inside the top six forwards, not just for the year, but from now to the end of the year. And then you've got the interesting defenders. You've got the historical Lloyd and hoping that he pops back. I don't have the confidence that he can match it with the big boys anymore, especially when you look at how good Doherty has been, Hewitt has been, Sicily, even across the formats, has. I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations. The value of Whitfield, you've already alluded to Salem coming back as a value. Crisp has been so good. Stewart has been so good. There's more that I could list. I, I, yeah, I think we put a line through Lloyd, Lloyd pretty quick. Here, and yeah. Blakey's yeah. probably in the same spot. It feels like you're chasing in hope, but Supercoach could be the format for him just purely because of efficiency. But again, you, if I was to go, nah, through he's it, off. He's off the mark. He's off the mark, isn't he? It, it really? really is. You're, you're banking on a narrative of things to happen 
that is just too hard to see. Because if we look at the best points scorers by average in Supercoach, you've got five already this year over 110, which is huge. That's a high bar. And you've got 13 over 100. And that doesn't include, just outside of that, Rich, Brayshaw, Blixavs, Hall, Ridley, Ryan, Pendlebury. They are all still 93 or above. And so for me, Blakey, I, I agree. I don't think you can spend too much time. It really does come down to Callum Mills. And maybe, as great as he is, the value of a toque this week might just be enough to make people not want to be able to get there. Yeah, well, that's what makes Mills so hard, isn't it? I think in Supercoach, you know, he's a bit more reasonably priced. He's in that conversation with a Laird. You know, he's in that sort of realm. Yep. I think AF's the tough one. Yeah. Because those monster ceilings, they've kept that price so high. You know, it's just... 959000 it's it's nearly 150k more than Guthrie. You know, it's all this sort of stuff. But again, if you want ceiling, if you want a vice captain, he's he's almost he is the perfect vice captain because there is some volatility there. But the ceiling is if you could pair him with a lead, you'd almost be dreaming the best combination yeah. because you chase the ceiling. If he goes under, you know, 110, lead will probably clean that up for you. Yeah, most weeks. So. Yeah. Um, it's a big bite off. You don't get many chances to get a guy like that. No, that's true. Uh, I think though, depending where you are, if you're, you know, chasing a lot of the guys ahead of you, you've already got Mills. Yeah, you, you so almost need to go almost, away from him, don't you, and find the next one. Yeah, I think you need to find a little bit more value, a little bit of someone different. Um, there is a tendency for him to get swung around a little bit. We know he can play in defence. We know he can play. More outside. Yeah, it was that Richmond game where um, he was full back, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he can still score <laughs> yeah. in those roles, but it just feels like, you know, it maybe is a move that if you're up the top, you're flying, your team's complete, and you, you know, you're really in the thick of it. And you're trying to negate. Maybe it is, yeah. yeah, maybe it is a defensive move because he is a guy that, you know, if you're getting a captaincy score of a 160 plus, which he can deliver. Yep you can really be off the pace. Yep. So, but I think for most teams at that price tag, it feels like you're chasing. You're chasing points that you've already missed. Yeah. I'd go somewhere else and see if you can maybe have a point of difference in your favor at a cheaper price and maybe just keep building that team out. Yeah, I think that's a good, good advice. And then the last team, I've got six Western Bulldogs to name, but I think two of them we could almost write them out almost for that point you've made, which is the top teams all have them. And, and you're not helping yourself. And I'm alluding to probably Dunkley and McRae from, from the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, popular coach. starting squad guys, MJ, which is always interesting with these type of mm-hmm. players, is you've almost, I think with McRae, if you've almost don't have him now. You want to keep that uh, separation, don't you? Yeah, you're probably, probably going something different. You know, you, he's at a price point now where he's sort of smack bang between the Uber, the top, top, top. You know, he's not quite 600, no. but he's also not quite value. Yeah. Um, it's a bit no man's landy, isn't then, it? Yeah, and I think Dunkley, let's be honest, if you're a serious team, you've got Dunkley. Yeah, so they're, they're down to four. English we've talked about a lot. Again, this week it's the English is the ideal. If you don't have him and you're a Gorn owner, problem solved, um, really, isn't it? And you do yeah, well, want his him points and his cover. And that's the thing, yeah. like structurally, the we get to this huge. point of the season, you need cover, you need some flexibility. Yeah. Now, 
in a way, you might have lost some flexibility as much as we like Tico playing sometimes outside of this next week. Yeah. There is some advantage in me not playing. Yep, the VC. Yep. It's nice. It's handy. It's handy to have some flexibility. Uh, he's just playing great footy. And yeah, I feel like across any line, he can, and also the thing, MJ, with these guys is if you were, if Wits was to go down, mm. you got some flexibility. Yeah. If you lost a four, like just having DPP is never a bad thing. And to have someone that can just, you can swing back and forth because we know that's what really separates. And that's the only real way to climb rank in the back end, isn't it? If you can identify the Dugowie of last year, this year, yes. you can identify the Tyron Thomas. Like, And sometimes that's a ruck that gets an opportunity. So to have flexibility that you can swing them around, uh, super important, especially when they're already a top, top score. I agree. Uh, then you've got the final three to talk about. Libba, Bont, and probably Trelaw. Libba, super yeah. coach, yay. I don't think he's gone under 80 three since round four. So he's about 540K in that format. Has had one score under 100 in the past five and one, and that's a 92. And for his game style, he's the perfect guy in Supercoach because the dogs have to win. Uh, and so they're not going to fart around with his role. So I, I, I like Libra and Supercoach as a play. And, and then the other two, we, we kind of did talk about English. So um, is really... Trelaw and Bont. Both could work across the formats. Bont's probably better in Supercoach. You know, if it's a 50-50 between the two, is it format and price that kind of def- define those two? Oh, he just, just Bont's shoulder and body, isn't it? Yeah. Like, he's so durable. So you know he'll do everything to get out there. But, you know, we don't want just out there, do we? No. We want scoring. And to his credit, he still has scored well. Um, I think the worry is looking at the fixture, if things don't go the dog's way... As the year wraps, yep. Is there really a need to play Bontempelli, say, the last two games? If the year goes. Games? Like, like that's that's generally the things you have to think about because, you know, there's some teams, and Adelaide's probably a good example of this, they're just going to keep going because they're just trying to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every game they play as a group, that gets a bit better. You know, you keep that going, you build momentum, you build some confidence, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But a team like the Dogs that not making finals is a disastrous season. Yeah. You're much better off to just reload all those sort of things and just put the year behind you. So I do worry about that stuff with Bont. Mm. Now, obviously, on the flip side, there's no one with greater upside in that forward line. Oh, of course. Know, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he goes, if, if he's he rolls the one, and the Dogs win, yeah. he's a 125 guy. Yeah. Like, that's just what he can do. So I think you go him over Trelaw. Yep, I agree. I don't think there'd be too many situations where people would be bringing in Trelaw because I think you like what Parker, as in mm. a team that's in the hunt, more consistent, more durable. Yeah. Like for me, that's where I'd be going. I agree. Um, and yeah, Bont's a really, really tough one. Like they'd want to win this weekend. Yes, very much And get so. that momentum building yep. because... Um, the wolves come quick otherwise. For the eight. It's 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 red hot and that can that's what can really hurt you, those final weeks where you've probably got no trades. Yeah. You very rarely have much cover. And if it's splitting hairs, you know, that's where, you know, even for me, like do you go Luke Parker because you know he's gonna have to be really injured to not be there at the end. Because yes. they're gonna be fighting for top four. All the way to the finish yeah. line. So um 
it's a really tough spot with the dogs for mine, MJ. I agree. Really tough. For reference point, the dogs' final five games of the year are Melbourne, Geelong, Fremantle, GWS, and Hawthorne. So that grand final. Well, it's in their hands, is, isn't it? It is in their hands, yeah. and they've got Hawthorne twice. And again, I don't see someone that is a matchup to stop him. I mean, they might try to run a Connor Nash with him from a physicality perspective through the midfield. But if it was a Bont v Nash at a stoppage, you're a Dogs fan, and you're yeah, you and you're talking over ten. You're talking over ten weeks. Yeah, over ten weeks. You know, uh, that's the thing. Like you're just saying for Bont in, in three or four games, if Bont does his thing, there's one forty plus scores there, yeah. and he's very hard to keep. You know, he, he always gets his ton in Supercoach, doesn't he? Just he? finds a way, whether it be with a an impactful contested possessions or some score involvements or or something. He's brilliant. All right, let, let's try to rapid fire through uh, these questions from our Patreons. These are people that have loved the coaches panel, support the coaches panel every single month. If you love what you've got from the coaches panel this year and want some extra content as well, coachespanel.tv, all the links to join that. We'll fly through these. Ian McRae has got a Gorn question. The good news, Ian, straight out of the gate, mate. We've answered everything Gorn related to you. Stephen Summers has got an AFL fantasy 50-50 dilemma. Himmelberg versus Whitfield, please. Now, remember, there's about a hundred and something K difference too. So it's not just, before I get your answer, Kane, it's not just the one for one. It's the one for one and what else you can do. But in a one for one, who are you liking? Yeah, I think I'm Whitfield, even though the price. Yeah, uh, you've just, like Himmelberg, that was an incredible game. Like, that was a phenomenal game. Unicorn game. game. Uh, Again, you're trying to think, what's your number? going forward you know what's what's the number could Himmelberg like realistically go when you think he's priced at 73 Whitfield's priced at 91 in an AF perspective is there 20 he probably gets within that 20 points for me like I've probably got Himmelberg at an 85 I've probably got Whitfield at a 9500 but do I really want to have to use another trade to get Himmelberg out I'd, I'd go Whitfield but um he looks great back down there, doesn't he? He, he looks he really and, combined. And the thing as well is he's got the kick-ins. Yep. And there's a lot of chipping and marking. So, uh, again, as you mentioned straight away in that answer, what do you if you're doing something with the cash and you love that combination discrepancy, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be talking down Himmelberg at all because it's a definite role change. You think about what a Sicily did in the past, MJ, when he had this big switch. Mm. We've seen these big switches in the back half of the year. Yeah. And quite often it leaves us coming back in the off season and saying, geez, you've got a guy here that did this in the run home was going at 90. He's only going to be priced in the low eighties because he was a forward. So yeah, I think there's definite value. There's clearly value there. Um, But I want to be making sure that I'm using that, 100k wisely if I'm going a Himmelberg over at Whitfield. That's some good advice. Brendan's got a question about who we'd rather for Trelaw or Parker on the run home in Dream Team. I think we kind of answered that. Yeah, before. Parker. Parker is the one. On that. Craig wants to know um, if you are trading Cameron this week, is it now trade Gorn and hold Cameron? Yes, is the answer to that, Craig, exactly what yep. you should do. Jason's got a question. It's not team dependent, but a lot of people are asking this question. Is Brody of the Will Variety a top six forward from now to the end of the year, especially with Fife coming back. There's a couple of people that want to know what's the impact of Fife. We've only seen one game. What was your take? Yeah, well, I thought it didn't look like there was a major difference no. in terms of the way 
Brody played. I think the more thing for Brody is, and when I think about him going forward, is he's at a top price right now. What what he is priced at, he's not going to do any better than that. So if, in my eyes, if you're going to move someone, like for example, MJ, I'll, I'll throw this scenario at you. Sure. If you think about you know Paddy Lipinski, who I think a lot of people said, ah, he's been a bit underwhelming, especially mm-hmm. in AF. I might have jumped on after that round one big game. Mm-hmm. I'll run him to his buy and I'll move on. Sure. You, you think about Lipinski, he's 682. Will Brody is 756. Like that's a sizable amount of cash. Mm-hmm. Last three weeks, there's only three points a week difference. So if you're going to ride someone out, I, I would say, Maximize do you really cash. care if next week you've got Will Brody or Pat Lipinski off their buy and you've got to carry them another week? Potato, potato. I'd be, take, I'd be, I'd be taking that cash. Yeah, I would too. Especially when you think about, you know, Brody's break even is ninety nine. Yeah, it's harder for him to hold value. He's more likely to give you a eighty five plus. But yeah, but you know, I just think whatevs. If you're going to sell, if you don't have any, if a guy sort of think Brody's is really an eighty five to ninety guy. In AF, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's priced at ninety two. Yeah, I'm moving. I'm moving. And especially, as I said, when you think about if that 70K gets you from a Guthrie to Miller, or if it gets you from Whitfield to Doherty or something, yeah. yeah. Whatever whatever you need, I would just be thinking, going, what are they actually doing? Because you've timed it up beautifully. It's almost the opposite of Petrarca, isn't it, MJ? You know, people are selling Petrarca. (laughs) And you think, and you put that, that great tweet up showing. What's he done in wins? What's he done in losses? Yeah. Now, part of the reason there's a big discrepancy is typically when Petrarca plays well, Melbourne wins. Yeah, correct. So it's a bit of which is the yeah. pause there. Is it Petrarca playing well and Melbourne winning? Or is it correct. the other way around? So you're selling at a low there. Like you're selling a Petrarca in some format, MJ, the same price as Will Brody or close enough. So that's where I think you've got to just take a step back and go, they both got the buy this week. I would much rather have a Christian Petrarca in my t- side mm. than a Will Brody who's just come out of a purple patch of form. So I didn't notice massive stuff in the role change. No. We know he's a low time on ground player. Yep. Um, Fife will clearly build. That's that's the concern. But think. it's more for me. Uh, I think in the forward line, he's done his job. There's hundred guys. You know, there's a Taranto coming back in the next couple of weeks. I doubt you have all of Bont, Parker. You know, there's English, There's all these. All those guys. There's all these sort of guys. Um, you know, Cornelio's back in form yeah. now. You know, you can reality. Maybe you you say, you know what, 150k from Brody to Himmelberg. I can make that move. Yeah. I can make that cash. I can maybe get a Taranto in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I just think it's never a bad thing if you're selling a guy that's not best 22. Yeah. In terms of our fantasy, correct. So that's his best 22 blockers at a top. Price. He's like, done his he job, hasn't he? At the start of the year, it was like he's his there was a stepping stone for six to eight weeks. We got lucky, all the variables went our way that meant we could hold him to the buy. He's done his job. You could see yeah. as great as he is, you put a two-time Brownlow medalist into that team. Eventually that will start to hit the impact. One last question before we wrap up. Matt Dennis wants to know, Zorko, he's trading out, and understandably so, with that hamstring and on the buy. He's got three guys. He doesn't have a format, though. But I don't yep. know if it matters, but we'll throw it out anyway. Doherty, Sinclair, Whitfield. Who do you like out of those Ooh. three? I, I think on points, it's got to be Doherty, doesn't it? Like, 
most points. Yeah, it, now. it does. It does. It does for me. Um, it's not and that's that. the thing, and it's a it's a credit to Sinclair. Sinclair's been one of the most informed players across Amazing. the formats, MJ. Um, he's just been remarkable. He's again, he's just an incredible football. He's just so composed. He uses it so well. Um, Doherty has that ceiling though, especially in DT. Mm. How many times, MJ, do you go? Oh, here's the low score, going to pounce, or I'm in trouble here as an owner. Like, no one pulls more 50, 60-point quarters out. <laughs> He's amazing. To save a score or, or to take a score from a, a low 100 to a 130. Like last week, yeah. Um, and that only happens more when you're dominating. You don't, you don't get to do that when you're losing. No. And it is a tough stretch for the Blues. Yes. But there is pockets of games where, okay, let's just get to quarter time here, guys, for 30 seconds. And Doherty gets plus 12, plus 18. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's Doherty. I would have Sinclair next. I agree. The, the hard thing with Whitfield, and I, and I watched him on Sunday, and it is tough. You know, North Melbourne are really bad, MJ. They were very bad. They're really, they're, they're really struggling. The role was um, there, which is promising. Yeah, it's just it's just the movement. Yeah. Sometimes watching him run, it, just, it doesn't look like... The old him. Now I'm not I'm not paying the old price. That's the benefit, isn't it? But but yeah, I just would think like it's funny because part of me says he's more of an AF play because you've got the luxury of moving him out. And then part of me says, well, he's more of a DT play because you, you need to conserve your trades and he's so much cheaper mm. than a Sinclair and he's so much cheaper than Doherty, you know, especially in Supercoach too, MJ. You know, he's 150 odd K cheaper yeah. than those guys. So um, I find it really hard to get a number. What, you know, and, what, what, what number do I believe? And I, and I think it probably is still in the mid nineties in in DT. I don't, I don't think it's much more than that. But now, is, there's a hundred k gap in AF. You mentioned that format between yeah. Sinclair and Whitfield. And what does that hundred k do for you next week? For example, I think that's probably where you're convincing yourself. If you feel like hundred k next week gets me. From, you know, a lower price mid primo to a really strong mid primo. But what, what, what move can you make next more... week? Like, are you choosing mm. to, for whatever reason, if you're going to get Tickle next week, for example, and you go, I'm doing. Well, that's something people have got to consider. What are my really two closely. trades next week? Because if you can still get that cash and then go, right, now I can get the Taranto, right. Now I can get the Sean Darcy, right. Now I can get. Even without, that's why you got to have a look, MJ, and that's where sometimes the buyers are a bit easier. Because, for example, if you if you want a Salem, like I think a Salem and a Whitfield are neck and neck. So that's why for me, I don't want to be locking away a defender spot and miss out on the bargain bargain of the year in Salem. So that's part of the forward plan. Now, obviously, we know with the buyers, another advantage is those guys price a lot. So if you're planning for Salem, six fifty five k. You know, you know, yeah, okay. That's that's saying fifteen k off day cost for those that are still holding. Yeah, it, it, it's remarkable. Yeah. It's remarkable, and it's it's an advantage of that format's pricing that he gets that cheap because yeah. we know in you know a super coach and a DT that, that first that score's gone. Yeah. That that terrible score in round one's out. So, um, in short, I think I still have Whitfield. I was just there's something not quite again, the game plan. There. The hard thing about UWSMJ is the game plan shifted to a game plan that should suit Whitfield. Correct. The hard thing is they played it against West Coast. Yep. They were very good against Brisbane, so that's encouraging for the game plan. They yep. ran out of steam, and they played it against North. Yep. So two of those are absolute 
Montes. And they've dominated and they've done what they should. The done what they should. So part of me says, well, let's see against the dogs. Now that's a that's somewhere between obviously a north and a west coast and a Brisbane. Yep. That's a bit more in the middle. What can they what can they do? Um, I just think Sinclair's getting so expensive. Sinclair that, feels a now or never, doesn't it? Whereas Whitfield, you yeah, go, it, oh, right. if I don't get him, I'll just get Salem next week. That's why for me, I'm with you. If it's about points and cash doesn't matter, it's Doherty. If it's a, yeah. if it's a this week and the cash isn't as important, go and get Sinclair. And if you still need value next week to round out the defensive unit, you've got a nice little play in Salem. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's what gets hard for Whitfield MJ is that he just he's copped a lot of knocks. Yeah. I, I just have this feeling that you know one more knock in the last few weeks and you know, they're not doing anything. This team, he doesn't have to. We know what Whitfield can bring. He just needs to be healthy. So, um, two Stockard and Sinclair fighting for the eight, really fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, we love Whitfield. I just. It just seems like, is it going to be hammer and tong mm. the whole way home? Um, so for me, it's probably those top two guys, even though I'm paying a little bit more. But as you said, if we can just wait a week and you can get Salem, maybe you you finish that forward line or, or midfield first. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you want to miss Salem. I think I'll just flag this now. I think next week a lot of people are going to take a Jaden Short down to a Salem if they're, if they're flush. I just think... You're going to get the same scores. But for very luxury trade, but absolutely. If that's a way of making cash, to yeah, make I think a move, people I might have stripped their benches, MJ, and I think that might be someone that people look at. So I like that as a trade. Hey, mate, um, some brilliant work from you on this episode. Appreciate your work as always, my friend. No worries, MJ. Thank you. If you want to go check out some of the articles that have landed recently, you can at coachespanel.tv. It's also where you can get all the links to join our Patreon supporter group. By the time you're listening to this, Teams are moments away or they're already out. Good luck as you head into round 14. We hope it goes your way and we look forward to chatting to you next week on the Midweek Trade and Strategy Podcast. Yeah,